Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. You know our trusted partner TireRack.com for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Hankook Dynapro AT2 Extreme. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, three and out podcast. Back at it again for another beautiful week. Awesome Sunday games. I wouldn't necessarily call Monday night awesome. Recording this, the, the Monday night football game just ended. Entertaining. You know, if you had uh, $500 on the game, Moneyline Chiefs, can't believe they were underdogs. Honestly, makes no sense. Made no sense. Defending champs, every, everyone in the media just I couldn't stop picking the Ravens. Uh, we'll, we'll dive into that game. I, I, I got some takes. I, I have some thoughts on just everything. On just the Chiefs, it's weird. They kind of get disrespected. And just this Ravens phenomenon thing that's going on. Uh, we'll dive into a lot. Aaron Rodgers, Seattle, uh, Doug Peterson, some some things I was right on, some things I was wrong on. We'll dive into the Middlecoff mailbag. At John Middlecoff is my Instagram. DM's wide open. You guys are more than welcome to come in there and uh, leave a question. And you get it answered here on the podcast. It's really easy. Also, for those of you Apple iTunes users, at uh, three and out podcast. If you listen on Collins feed, if you could also subscribe to the iTunes feed, subscribe to the three and out podcast. Greatly appreciate it. For those of you that have left a review, also thank you. Hat tip. And if you like the show, please leave a review. 
helps the, uh, the business of the podcast, helps me put food on my table and me to eat. So my tummy is uh, full. And it's probably a little too full right now during Corona because I am a fat ass. But let's dive into the Monday Night Football game. And, and let's just start with, I, I, I couldn't believe the defending champs were underdogs. Like, don't we have enough information now with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid? They're the best team in the league. Like, I, I don't care how they looked the previous week or the previous week or what their record is. Just tell me two things. Is Mahomes healthy and is Andy Reid calling the place? Because if that's the case, they should be favored in every game. Especially in 2020 on the road when there are no fans. As you heard Greasy say on the telecast, he's like, I can hear Mahomes. He's picking them apart. He's calling mics. He's calling hot routes. He's calling the where the slot guy's lining up. He's picking them apart. You have the best young quarterback I think we've ever seen You know, through the three years. Uh, he's got to do this for a long period of time to put him, you know, in Rodgers, obviously Brady and those guys' category, but I think we'd all agree he's sure as hell headed that way. And Andy Reid now, who has a resume. In the early 2000s, when he got Donovan McNabb, they dominated. I know they didn't win a Super Bowl, but they went to NFC Championship game after NFC Championship game after NFC Championship game. His teams were awesome. And then what did he do in Kansas City? He got Alex Smith, who's not as talented as Donovan McNabb, might be a little more reliable, and just kept winning. And when Andy first got to Kansas City, the team in Denver acquired a guy named Peyton Manning. So it was hard to get, like, it was hard to win the division, obviously, and he was going to the playoffs every year. When you give Andy Reid an above-average Pro Bowl-level quarterback, his team's a lock to the playoffs and to compete for the AFC or NFC Championship game. When you give him a generational quarterback, he instantly becomes arguably the best coach in the league. Like, the Chiefs are the best team in the league. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what the results are. I don't even care what their record is. We have enough evidence now, the last two and a half years. Two years ago, it was a D Ford offsides when Mahomes won the MVP. The following year, Super Bowl champs. Right now, the second best team in the AFC, in theory, we'll see if they're better in Pittsburgh. They just beat the shit out of. That was an, that was an ass-whooping. It was a 14-point final score. It, it felt more like a 28-point game. Chiefs missed a field goal, missed an extra point. They fumbled the ball out of half. The, the Ravens got a touchdown on a kickoff return. Like, they dominated them. That, they absolutely worked them. But why are we shocked? I didn't learn anything new about the Chiefs. I knew Andy was elite. I knew Mahomes was elite. I knew the Chiefs were better than the Ravens. I saw it last year when they absolutely destroyed him. I think it was week three last year, too. The final score ended up being closer because Lamar hit some garbage-time touchdowns at the end of the game, but it wasn't close if you watched the game. Those two teams, it's not a fair fight. The Chiefs are dramatically better. The evidence is in. And here's the thing with the Ravens. Like, what the Chiefs do in 2020 is what you need to do to dominate. Throw the ball. And they've clearly improved a lot on defense. They tackle well, and they can rush the passer. But their number one attribute is their quarterback and their passing game. It's unstoppable. Because that's what you have to do to take over and dominate the league in 2020. And it's always been the case, but definitely now with the rules. The Ravens are the opposite. They're the media darling. Lamar Jackson. It's like, what did we learn? Here's what I know about Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. 
They dominate crappy teams. And when they get the Bengals, and when they get the Browns, and they get the Jags, and they get the Jets, they'll beat them by 50. And it's like Lamar Jackson, MVP, running for 300 yards. You know what doesn't work when you play great teams, especially in the playoffs? Running around. You have to win throwing the ball. This is a passing league, not a running league, especially with your quarterback. And do you know the problem with running quarterbacks often? They develop bad pocket habits. Did you watch the two guys tonight? One guy with pressure, how he subtly moves in the pocket, how he looks to throw, keeps his eyes up, going through his progressions, and then boom, throws a dart for a first down or a touchdown. Did you watch the other guy? When pressure comes, eyes go down, starts running around in the pocket doing circles. You know who else did that a couple weeks ago when the Chiefs played him? Deshaun Watson. Because they can always relate or, you know, lean on their legs. And Lamar makes these incredible runs. Why? He's the fastest player on the field. You know what I say to that? Who gives a shit? The goal of the Ravens now is to win a Super Bowl. Just like the goal of the Chiefs. Here's what I know about the Ravens. They can't win a Super Bowl with that offense. Now, let me be completely honest. I despise that offense in the NFL. I, I don't like watching it. Now, I like watching guys run around, but I don't like watching the triple. I don't. I, I like watching it spread it out and throw the football. I, I'm more of a traditionalist that way. Now, I respect it. It works. But I, but I can only respect it so far. Because now I have evidence. The Chiefs games were regular season games. But back-to-back years in the playoffs, back when fans were allowed... The Ravens have got throttled in the playoffs. You know why? Because that running offense isn't going to work. You know what the teams are going to make you do? Throw the football. Can you ever imagine saying, you know what I want Mahomes to do? Throw the ball. That's what defensive coordinators say about Lamar Jackson, the Baltimore Ravens offense. We want to put it on your arm. Because you know what? We don't think you can do it. It's what the Chiefs did tonight. And he couldn't. Now listen. He's a young player, but when it comes to throwing outside the numbers, it doesn't look great. He's very hit or miss. And it's hard for him to get into a rhythm passing because they never really do. Because for the most part, when they're winning 13, 14 games, and who knows, this year they'll probably win 12, 13 games. Now, we'll see. The, I think the Steelers match up pretty well against them. Uh, the only problem is going to be Ben can't really scramble, so if you're the Ravens, you blitz them. But I wouldn't just say they're a lock to win the division because to win in this league against the good teams and the Chargers a couple years ago in the playoffs had a really good defense, destroyed Lamar. That was his rookie year, okay? I'll give him a pass. Then last year, he wins the MVP, hosts a playoff game. The Tennessee Titans come in, kick his ass. Then this week, the Chiefs, every single person I'm watching on, as Colin would say, the other network, they all picked the Ravens. And I'm thinking to myself, have we all not been watching football didn't you guys watch this Kansas City Chiefs team that won the Super Bowl play the Ravens last year and destroy them? And you guys are all picking them? And as a gambling human being in myself, when I saw the line today at you could get the you could get the Kansas City Chiefs at plus 160. They were a three and a half point underdog? What what are we who's setting these lines? You're telling me a three-and-a-half-point underdog just wins by 14 points? And again, like I said, it wasn't that close. Now, I'm not overreacting. I'm not saying the Ravens are bad. They're good. They are a locked playoff team. That's cool. They remind me a lot of the Houston Rockets. Do you know what I expect to happen once January comes? Them to lose. 
they are not going to win the Super Bowl. They're not going to get to the Super Bowl. I don't even think they can get to the championship game with this offense. And listen, it's fun, and if I still played Madden, the video game, I would be them, Lamar, run around, make plays. Actually, I wouldn't. I'd be the Chiefs, and I'd throw bombs, and I'd score touchdowns, and I'd throw 400 yards in the air because that's what you have to do to win big. You see Rodgers, you see Russell Wilson. Why do we consider those two guys the best? Mahomes, Rodgers, and Russell. What do they all do well? Throw darts. They beat you throwing darts. What can they all do? They all can scramble if they have to. Russell's probably the best athlete of the group, then Mahomes, then the older Rodgers. But they've all countless times get first down with their legs. But how do they kill you? How do they, act, how do they you know, destroy defenses, destroy defensive coordinators? They beat you with their right arm. Throwing seeds, throwing deep dimes. Lamar just can't do that. So I, I never want to hear Lamar compared to Mahomes. Here's what we need to stop doing with Mahomes. Comparing them to these other young cats. Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, stop it. There's Mahomes, then there's drop-off, then we can talk about the rest of the group. They all got their issues. But no one's in that guy's level. And you know the other big difference between the Ravens and the Chiefs? Andy Reid impacts the game. He literally calls the offense. He's the offensive coordinator. He calls the game. I'm a Harbaugh fan. I love the family. And I like John Harbaugh. He's clearly a good coach. He's a Super Bowl champion. He doesn't call either side of the ball. He gives rah-rah speeches, and it works, and they've built a tough team, and they, they do a good job of scouting, but here's what I know. When John Harbaugh faces Andy Reid, I'm taking Andy Reid every day of the week, twice on Sundays, 10 times on a Monday. <laughs> it's not a fair fight. Like, the evidence is in. When one guy's got Lamar and the other guy's got Mahomes, like, it, we need to stop talking about the Ravens like some generational team. They have a unique scheme that teams in the NFL are not used to seeing. Most of the NFL is just horrendous on defense. They can't tackle. Their defensive coordinators are awful. And they run circles around them. And they rack up all their wins. And then they get to the playoffs and they get sent home immediately. Why would anything change this year? I'm interested to see them in Pittsburgh. I don't know if they're just some lock to win the division. Pittsburgh's 3-0 and their defense is excellent and they got great team speed on defense. I do, I do think that Roethlisberger, somewhat of a sitting duck against them. As you saw with Mahomes, you got to be able to keep your keep the play alive with your legs. And at this age, for Roethlisberger, it's a little harder. Mahomes did it because the Ravens do have team speed on defense. But I, I, I just my overall take is I, I didn't learn anything new from this game. Chiefs are the champs. I knew that. Andy's elite. Knew it. Mahomes, best player in the league, arguably. Knew it. Lamar Jackson's a great runner, not a great thrower. The Ravens. Beat the shit out of a lot of bad teams. They don't look great when the games matter. And you could argue they've played four games that matter now in the last two years. Two playoff games, two games against the Chiefs. Because last year, Lamar's, you know, that year he started, uh, you know, Roethlisberger got hurt, so the Steelers were out of it. The Browns were terrible, and the Bengals were a joke. But, you know, if they're going to be, if I'm going to take them seriously, their offense needs to look a little bit different. He needs to dominate on third and longs. Because you know what happens on third and longs with the Chiefs or with Russell Wilson or with Aaron Rodgers? I expect them to complete it. You know what happens when I see third and ten with Lamar? They get, I hope they pick up five so they can go for it on fourth and short. Or I hope, hope the punter's ready. I don't think that with the other elite guys. So yeah, he's the MVP, but he's not better than those guys. Like it's not, that's not an opinion. That's a fact. That's, it's not even arguable at this point.
Just because you win the MVP, and we see it in the NBA too. I've seen James Harden win it. I've seen Giannis win it. It doesn't mean you're the best player in the sport. It doesn't mean you'd want that guy as your best player in the most meaningful games. The evidence is in. That's just not the case. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Did you know 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites? LinkedIn's the only one I use. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Sometimes it's a struggle between buying what you want over buying what you need. But with the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can do both. You earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you can earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like those new golf clubs you've been eyeing, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a divot repair tool for after you've torn up your lawn. Let's try that again. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like workout equipment for your home, and then earn 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller to soothe your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are. With unlimited 2% cash rewards, the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. Okay, let's dive into a guy named Aaron Rodgers, who is on a redemption tour right now of just kicking ass and taking names. And I'll be honest, I did not see it coming. And I'm kicking myself a little bit because I should have. And I, I know myself, and I'm sure many people can relate. Fear in life is an incredible motivator. 
speaking as someone who has been fired twice and before I was relieved of my duties in the NFL and in the radio business, it was clear things were a little off the rails and I was in trouble. And I remember the feeling that I had inside. And the reality is when you don't run the company, when you don't own the company and when you are not the boss and Aaron Rodgers, while he's extremely important to the Packers, he is the quarterback, not, I mean, technically they don't even have an owner, but he doesn't get to call the shots. And in any company, I'm sure everyone listening to this that works for someone can relate, no matter how talented you are. And I can't imagine there are many people listening that are as talented, I know I'm not, at what you do relative to their job as Aaron Rodgers is to his company, which is the Green Bay Packers. But I think one thing we've learned in life and definitely in sports is everyone eventually is replaceable. And in sports for sure, because you run out of years as a player. And when you are motivated as a human, and I've never been more motivated than immediately after actually losing my job. And both times it changed the path and course of my life. But it's human nature, I think. Maybe content is the wrong word. Because I'm sure a lot of people listening, and I always consider myself this, are really ambitious people. And you're like, I'm a high achiever. I want to do more. But when things start going well, I think it's human nature to not get on easy street, but to lose some of the fundamentals that got got you to where you wanted to go. Whether you're the best salesman at your company or whether you're a starting quarterback. And for a long period of time, Aaron Rodgers got away with bad fundamentals, but it didn't matter. He was so talented. He could kick the shit out of everyone. They always had great wide receivers. He just died. He was the best, you know, arguably the most talented quarterback, even in years when Tom Brady and Peyton Manning won MVPs, right? I mean, Aaron Rodgers could look in the mirror and go, I'm a better player just in a vacuum than Tom Brady and Peyton Manning in my peak. Now, whether we could argue that all day long, but he could feel confident with that, which is great, right? I'm sure many people, after you make a big sale at your job, after whatever, you feel pretty good about yourself. But eventually it becomes, uh, and this is the great part about America, what have you done for me lately? What have you done for me lately? And the reality with Aaron Rodgers last year, his stats were good and the team won. They had team success, but it didn't pass the eye test. The Aaron Rodgers that I saw last year was not the guy that I felt confident at one through like a five or six year stretch. It's like one of the best players I've ever seen. And this offseason, and I noticed it actually, I think, before the game. Because his commercials, the State Farm commercials, run all the time. And there was a commercial that he surely shot over the last three or four months. He's in a white t-shirt and he looks absolutely jacked. And watching him play right now, for the first time in his life, he realized when they drafted that player, and I defended them drafting that player. Why? Because once upon a time, Aaron Rodgers happened because they had that same mindset. That's what the Packers do. They draft quarterbacks. And Aaron's getting up there in age, and he looked like to be slipping last year. Well, and I don't think, and they're going to get a lot of credit for, like, pulling the strings. They knew this would motivate him. I don't know about that. Like, that, to me, is a little next level. But they pulled the trigger. You know, once Ayuk and Justin Jefferson were off the board, it might have had unintended consequences. And it turned an all-time great, who, let's face it, might have been resting on his laurels, might have become difficult, 
to go into FU mode. And I, I've noticed a couple things with him. It, it, the motivation, like, it's not even arguable. Once I see that picture, I'm like, this guy went in the lab this offseason and said, you guys, Gudikins and LaFleur, you think you're going to replace me? You, you think you're going to do to Aaron freaking Rodgers? And I, I don't think we've seen that version of Aaron Rodgers, whether it was the toxic relationship with Mike McCarthy the last couple years. Last year, again, despite having team success, it was a little weird to this guy that goes, listen, I'm going to come back the best version of me. I'm going to be more open-minded with your offense, LaFleur. The Mike Shanahan offense, which I'm telling you, if it, it, it makes Jared Goff look like a star, Nick Mullins can kick the shit out of teams, it works. But we're also going to blend in what I like, and we're going to dominate. But first and foremost, I'm going to be the version of Aaron Rodgers that has a couple MVPs, that was a Super Bowl champ. That everyone, when they says Aaron Rodgers, the first thing they'll say in 20 years is, oh yeah, first ballot Hall of Famer. Aaron Rodgers, one of the best quarterbacks we've ever seen. Because that's the version we're getting right now. A motivated, because unlike even myself, when I, when I get motivation, my talent in life is only so high. When you give motivation to like Steve Jobs or a Warren Buffett or a Tom Brady or a Tiger Woods or an Aaron Rodgers... There, as Michael Jordan would say, the ceiling is the roof. That there is no ceiling because they are already more talented than everyone else. When when they're this is the crazy part about Tom Brady. It's like his motivation never he never pulls off you know the, the foot off the pedal. It's crazy. But most people are not like even Tom Brady in the NFL is a one off. And this has worked for Aaron Rodgers because he's come out looking like one of the best players that we ever saw, the version of Aaron Rodgers from 2010 to like 2015. And that's the way he's playing. And I know everyone is anointing Russell Wilson, and rightfully so. He is making incredible deep ball bombs. He's an awesome player. And his deep ball throwing is outrageous. We'll get into that a little bit later. But right now, the full package, especially when you factor in what Aaron Rodgers is working with, like I I think he's every bit as good. And you're seeing a guy, nine, nine touchdowns, zero picks, and the, to me, the stats don't even do it justice. I'm watching him play, and I go, if I had to win one game right now, and this is with Russell Wilson, who's playing in the peak of his powers, one of the best players I've ever seen. Mahomes, superstar. I, if you told me I got Aaron Rodgers in a one-off game with this version of Aaron Rodgers, I like my chances. I like my opportunity to win. And on Sunday night... I put, I put like $500 on him. He was an underdog playing the Saints. I'm like, the Aaron Rodgers I've seen th- through the first two weeks, I feel, you, I'm getting this guy as an underdog? I, I, I get to put my money on that human? Motivated, out for blood, out to execute every single person? That, and mainly it starts with the GM and coach who's thought, you think I'm not good enough anymore? You think you're going to replace me with Jordan Love? Who, by the way, right now, which I, I, I predicted would happen, but I think he's even worse than I thought. Can't even sniff the pads on game day. He sits and sweats on the sideline. So he, Aaron goes, wait, your plan was to replace me with a guy that can't even dress and beat a guy that I didn't even write down their backup quarterback down right now. I don't even know. Tim Boyle, I think. I, I've never seen him throw one pass. I don't even know. Right-handed, left-handed. I got no clue anything about him. He can't beat that guy out. I mean, that's not ideal. Uh, but it's turned this guy into the MVP form. And Fear's a great motivator. And at the end of the day, Aaron Rodgers wasn't going to dictate his future. He's not in control, whether it's 2021, 2022, 
whether he gets cut, whether he gets traded, whatever. But if he dominates and if he plays like this, they have no choice. We saw it once upon a time with Bill Belichick. Drafted Jimmy Garoppolo, not quite as high as Jordan Love, but in the second round, the highest quarterback he's ever drafted. Tom saw the writing on the wall a couple years in, and then Jimmy got to play, and you're like, damn. I don't even know the chances Jordan Love's ever good as Jimmy Garoppolo. Slim to none, right? If the Packers just drafted Jimmy Garoppolo, they've had a hell of a draft pick. And it turned Tom Brady into a guy that won another MVP, won another Super Bowl. Motive, fear is an incredible motivator. It, it really is. And when you're talented, like a Rodgers, there, there just is no ceiling. And you're seeing a guy that, I know everyone's acting like Russell Wilson's a lock MVP, but I'm watching Aaron Rodgers, and he's every bit as good of an MVP candidate right now. Okay, let's dive into something... I noticed this yesterday, but I've really noticed it all year long. And I would imagine many people watching this team play have noticed it too. Now, we knew that Russell Wilson was the best deep ball thrower in the league. He's the only guy, and Rodgers is like this too when he's on. And I, Mahomes too. They can throw these 50, 60-yard bombs, and they hit guys in stride. A lot of guys, when they heave the ball downfield... The, the wide receiver has to leap, has to stop. It just rarely hit perfectly. And Russell, Rodgers throws, a, and Mahomes, because they just have probably a pure arm strength, can throw more of a rope, even like 40 yards. Russell throws like this thing that you'd see in a movie, a bomb. What, what are those, uh, those things called that you put the little container in and it's a mortar? And it shoots, like in wars, the mortar goes up really high, and then it comes down. That's what Russell Wilson's ball looks like. It goes up, and then it and it drops right in the locket and DK Metcalf's hands perfectly as they're running. And if you've watched football, which anyone listening to this podcast surely has over the last three weeks, is I'm sure you can agree with this. Guys are wide open. I thought about yesterday when I was watching the Cowboys-Seattle game. I guess if you're listening to this a couple days ago. And I had money on the Cowboys. I don't know why, but they can't cover a soul. Told you Mike uh, Mike McCarthy should not have hired Mike Nolan. That That is, it's one thing to be, you know, just not have the players. It, it's another to leave guys wide open. Like, hey, Mike Nolan, Seattle has been running these play-action throwbacks on the goal line, these crossing routes, and Russell throws it back across the, you know, the field to the guy wide open for years. I've watched Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll their entire career together. I mean, have you not been paying attention? You want to call me or call some of the 12s? They'll tell you they run that play. So just can you guys communicate with your defensive backs? Clearly not, and Russell ate you alive. But in this day and age, it's and listen, some of these numbers that you're going to see moving forward in football are inflated. It is stupid to compare Joe Montana John Elway, even like Marino, to what guys have been putting up the last couple years, we're going to move forward. Because the DBs, they can't hit the wide receivers. A lot of teams don't press coverage anymore. And then these wide receivers have zero threat when they are either running down the sideline or across the middle of getting knocked out. When I was a kid in the, in the 90s, and even probably in the 2000s, you would just get guys destroyed. When I got to the NFL in 2010, I remember several players. We had Deshaun got carted off one time. Austin Collie got carted off one time. And I wouldn't even call the Eagles. We weren't even that big hitting of a team. 
Guys were getting destroyed. Like, you came across the middle, especially as a speed guy, you better be ready when that ball's in the air to get head-hunted. And listen, I, I miss part of that in football because I, I do think part of the threat of defense is being scared to run these routes. Well, that threat, because of CTE and the way the game's changed, and ultimately they want to keep guys healthy, which is smart, has changed football. You are not allowed to, you know, I'm going to decapitate. Obviously, no one ever gets decapitated. But literally just leap into the air and try to destroy a guy and KO him. That doesn't happen anymore. And like in the NBA, the three-point shot has really taken over the last five or six years. The Warriors figured it out. They're like, we got these two great three-point shooters. Shoot an unlimited amount of threes. And it worked. (laughs) And they started beating everyone. And everyone copied them. And basketball has just become one big math equation. Like baseball. They realize, you know, it's easier to win. And I don't necessarily like watching this. If we, we don't care about strikeouts. We don't even care about batting average. You can hit 220. You hit 45 home runs, we'll bat you fifth. What if I strike out a lot? Who gives a shit? Hit those 45 home runs, we're good. And in football, the one thing I'd realize with Russell, now he's the best version of it, I would be taking deep shots all the time if my quarterback had a good arm. Because the wide receiver, one, you're going to draw pass interference at a high rate. And two, they're just going to get open a lot. Because clearly, if you just watch football on Sunday, the communication right now by the defensive backs are awful. No one can just say, screw it, I don't know who I'm covering. Well, when the ball's in the air, I'm going to destroy the wide receiver. That doesn't happen anymore. And I think Seattle realized, you know, everyone's like, let Russ cook, let Russ cook. I think they just came to grips with, yeah, we got to let Russ cook. But we have the best deep ball thrower. We have two guys that can fly. I mean, DK can absolutely scoot, so can Tyler Lockett. And, and at the end of the day, none of these defenses, one, most of these guys, like the wide receivers that have been coming in the league, like a guy like DK, they've all, all these speed demons, like these 4-3 wide receivers, well, there aren't consistent 4-3 corners. And half the guys that do come in at that speed aren't any good. And then you have the safety play. Just I was talking to a buddy in the NFL probably within the last month. He's like, you know, I would 100% take a cover safety, like Eddie Jackson for the Bears, who is a great at playing the ball in the air. He's not going to hit you that hard. He doesn't have to. He'll just corral you, get to the ground. He's going to pick the ball off and make plays on the football. That is in vogue. Well, there aren't that many Eddie Jacksons in the league. The, the day and ages of Cam Chancellor are dead. Those guys can't really play in the league anymore, which pains me. I love that type player. I, I love guys just cracking people. But th- that, that day and age in the secondary has ended. So the Seattle realized... It's not just letting them cook. It's like we have a a major advantage. We have two speed demons. We have the best deep ball thrower. And literally no one's allowed to cover them. And they're definitely not allowed to hit them. And then if we're playing bozos like Mike Nolan, whose DBs don't even know who to cover. They just stand there and take up grass and look at the sky. And we just run right, right by them wide open. It's incredible. It's actually pretty easy. And we'll just score touchdowns. And it's not going to be like the Niners secondary and even the Rams, in theory, it should get a little more difficult. Again, in theory, it might not. This this might just be, maybe you should take multiple deep shots if you're Seattle every single quarter. And if I was a team that had any speed on offense and a white and a quarterback with any type of arm strength, like to me, this is the modern day way to take advantage. Throw deep. Throw deep. A lot. Because you're going to get pass interferences and your guys are just not, they're not allowed to cover them. And they're definitely not allowed to hit them. This is 
a uh, market inefficiency right now. And I, I don't think we're ever going to come back where the safety, like the Mike Mitchells of the world, the Dante Whitners of the world, are just going to be allowed to plow guys. Those days ended three or four years ago. Because the moment they leave their feet, the flag comes out. Even if it's quote-unquote a legal hit. Which is just, which is modern-day football. And Seattle through three games, and Russ and DK and Tyler Lockett run circles around these modern-day defenses because they got no shot. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Sometimes it's a struggle between buying what you want over buying what you need. But with the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can do both. You earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you can earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like those new golf clubs you've been eyeing, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a divot repair tool for after you've torn up your lawn. Let's try that again. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like workout equipment for your home, and then earn 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller to soothe your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are. With unlimited 2% cash rewards, the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash Active Cash. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Michelin Tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you, or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Michelin test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Okay, one guy who's been getting trashed, and I'm going to defend him. His name is Doug Peterson. And last year, I was at a Monday night football game. Niners-Seattle. Crazy game. 
it went into overtime. And it went down to the last second of overtime, and Seattle kicked a uh, game-winning field goal. But with about two minutes left, the Niners got the ball, had to go like, you know, 90 yards, but actually like 50, maybe 60 yards because they had their backup kicker, Robbie Gold, had been hurt to get in the field goal range to try to win the game. They stayed aggressive. Garoppolo goes three and out. They punt it back to Russ, leads him to a field goal. A lot of talk, and at the time, the Niners, I think that was their first loss. It might have been 8-1 and one or 9-1. and one. And they had a commanding lead, but once you lost to Seattle, I think Seattle had three losses. The Niners had one, or maybe it was maybe they only had two losses. Like, they were just right back in the division. And a lot of people, I remember driving home, sitting in the parking lot, it takes forever to get out of Levi's, were like, should Kyle Shanahan have played for the tie? And I thought it was insanity. I said, no, you got in the locker room, you're, you're 8-0, you're playing your rival, y- you got to play to win. Well, at the time, I, I truly believe that. Now, they did have an argument three or four or five weeks later going into week 17. If they had tied that game and he had played for the tie and basically ran out the clock or not been as aggressive and thrown the ball, the Niners' week 17 game at Seattle would not have been a winner get in. The Niners would have won the division. And they would have needed to win that game for seeding, but they wouldn't have needed that game for a home playoff game and the bye. So the tie would have actually, looking back, been the right move to play. Now, I am a believer, and at the time they were going back and forth, it wasn't that crazy. Now, once you looked up and saw two minutes, it was clearly going to be an aggressive play. Doug Peterson is kind of getting shit on right now. Because he played for the tie against the Bengals. And here's where I'm going to defend him. One, his quarterback is playing atrocious. Now, you can put that on Doug, which he's the head coach. He's the offensive coordinator. He is a quarterback. That is under his watch. Now, listen. Carson Wentz was also his quarterback when he was going to win the MVP in 2017 before he got hurt. Is it Doug's fault that Carson is throwing atrocious interceptions? I mean, you're either coaching or allowing it to happen, but... Carson has six picks through three games. That's on a uh, Jameis Winston-like pace of 32 interceptions. Just just an atrocious effort. I mean, hideous. It, it, he, he couldn't play much worse football. So to me, Doug has to take that into account. And then he has a whatever, a 58-yard field goal. Once the guy jumps off size and kicks him back to a 63-yard field goal, your division matters. And we saw it last year. If you were playing in the NFC West... And Doug, let's say the Eagles were in the NFC West and he played for a tie, I'd call him an idiot. Because you're going to need to play for wins to just make the playoffs because it's going to take 12 wins to win the division and probably another 10 to make a wild card. That's not his problem. Because last year he won the division at 9-7. and seven. And right now, the Giants are, beside the Jets, the worst team in the league, second worst team in the league. The Redskins are a disaster. Uh, they're going to continue to lose, even though, ironically, they beat the Eagles. But I think it's fair to say they're going to they're gonna struggle. I mean, even Ron Rivera is basically admitting our quarterback stinks. So they're going to win four games. Then you got the Cowboys, who have talent, but their defensive coordinator is giving Vance Joseph a run for his money as the worst defensive coordinator. I might need to anoint him as the worst defensive coordinator in the league. And Mike Nolan, they can't cover a soul. And yeah, they can score points, but who cares when you can't stop anybody? Are the Cowboys going to win nine games? Maybe not. So if you're Doug, you go, listen, I can't take a loss and be 0-3, but I can take this tie because I can still, with three games in, we got 13 left. If I could win 
seven, maybe we can get in with seven wins. Give ourselves a chance, especially the two games that I'm going to play. I still got two games with New York and two games with Dallas. Now, is he thinking that? I don't know at the time. But I can't totally destroy the move when he plays in a division that is horrid. That is awful. That just eight wins might get you the might get you a home game. Because if you win the division, we saw last year the Eagles hosted Seattle. If he had played in the AFC North, or if he was playing in the NFC West, it wouldn't make any sense. It's like, Doug, what point of tying, you need wins. But he doesn't. He plays in the NFC least. The NFC, uh, NFC East, the division that, you know, it's just awful. It, it really, we saw it last year. He experienced it last year. He got into the playoffs because of that division. So he has experience like playing your own division and, and factoring your division while you're making decisions matters. So I, I, I don't think it is some crazy move when you factor in he's really just competing with the Cowboys. Redskins, Giants, no chance. His competition is the Cowboys. He hasn't played them yet. Dallas obviously went on to lose to Seattle. They have a one-game lead on the Eagles. Technically, one-and-a-half games, right? Because they both have the same amount of losses. The Cowboys just have a win and they have a tie. So it's, it's, it's not as bad as everyone made it out to be on Twitter. Now, where it is bad is the quarterback play. It's just been bad. And the irony is my guy Matt Nagy, who pulls the trigger for Nick Foles, like, the, the cool part about sports is, like in life, you just, you never truly know what's going to happen. Like, who in their right mind would have thought it, that when 2020 started, hell, I was at the Combine in the middle, at the end of February. If you would have told me a month later, you know, your state's basically going to be locked down for six months. Everywhere you go, you're going to have to wear this thing called a mask. You're going to have to wear a mask everywhere you go. You're not going to be allowed to eat in restaurants, but you can eat outside, and you got to wear a mask when you order, but then you can take it off when you sit down, and and yeah, sports are going to get put on pause for three months. Like You can't even make that up. Just like in sports, like I, I, I can't make up that Tom Brady came back against the Atlanta Falcons 28-3. to I mean, you can't, you can't even make that up. You, you can't make up the Nick Foles story that a backup quarterback comes in for a max quarterback and then wins a Super Bowl in a city that's football, that just loves its football team more than anything, and that guy becomes a legend in the town, and he's not even the starting quarterback. And then the following year, he's not the starting quarterback, but then that starting quarterback gets hurt again, and that guy takes him to win a playoff game. And then he comes in again for a guy that's way worse than Wentz. I mean, Mitch Trubisky stinks. It, I, I saw SportsCenter tweeted out like his win-loss rate. He's, he's, his win-loss record is pretty good. I think it's like 22 and... 10 these last, or 22 and 12 these last couple years. TD to interception ratio is positive. But you just watch him. Mitch Trubisky's not a very good player. I, I was thinking, I mean, I, I haven't texted my guy Nagy. Could you move him to safety? He made a good open field tackle after he threw a pick. Uh, could he play special teams? He's kind of like a Tebow athlete. Uh, but Nick Foles comes in, and they're down huge. And he throws three touchdowns, and they win the game. <laughs> like, I, I, you can't make Nick Foles up. You, you, you really can't. And it's what's cool about sports. And then when you factor in, like, Nick is just one of the more likable guys in sports. He always says the right thing. Everyone loves him, as coaches, as teammates. He never complains when he's not the starter, even though he's more accomplished than the starter that he's behind. Like, think about it. He was just sitting behind Mitch Trubisky. How could he, in his right mind, it, put yourself in, in Nick Foles' shoes? He was supportive of Mitch. 
And, I mean, everything that I had heard, like he couldn't have been any nicer to Mitch. He's going the first couple games. Mitch Trubisky's the starting quarterback. I've beat Brady and Belichick in a Super Bowl. I've won a playoff game against Mitch Trubisky. And this guy's starting over me? But that's not how he thinks. That's how you or I would think. Because I'd be like, I, what are we doing? And, and listen, Mitch Trubisky's story is pretty simple. Everything, I know people that are around him. They love him. He's a great guy. He tries really hard. But you know the best part about the big leagues? And just, it's no different than business. At a certain point, when a lot's on the line, you either get it done or you don't. Like, yeah, I can like you. You can be a great, you can be your friend. Like, I don't like doing business with my friends. I want to get the job done. <laughs> like, I, I don't want my quarterback to be the most beloved guy. I just want to have the best quarterback. And when you play in the NFL, like, it's not about being liked and how much guys, you know, like, would take you out to dinner and want to be around you. Like, if you can't get the job done, you can't get the job done. There have been a lot of high-character guys that sucked at quarterback. Like, there have been a lot of probably some questionable individuals that won a lot of games. It's pro sports. It's the private sector, you know? And Nick Foles just gets it done, and Mitch Trubisky just couldn't because they really – he had some moments against Detroit at the end. He did. He played well. But they were winning these games, and they were getting their ass kicked by the Falcons because Mitch wasn't that good. And their defense is too good. They have too many playmakers on offense – to keep rolling them out. So Nagy said it's a gut instinct. Like sometimes our best decisions in life are just gut. You can't quantify. People are like, what do you mean your gut instinct? Well, you can't quantify it. Are you married? How do you quantify how much you love somebody? How much you go, I want to spend the rest of my my life with her. Or like, you know, when you get into a partnership or, or, or a business deal, it's like sometimes you're like, this just fits. It might not make that much sense on paper, but I, I trust it. And Matt Nagy clearly just saw with Mr. Trubisky, like this ain't working. Like, we, we got to hang a left because the, the path we're on right now is going to take us off a cliff. And we got too good of a defense, too much talent on offense, that a gut instinct, like I saw them ask him today, what did you mean by gut instinct? He's like, I, I can't really describe it. You just know it. We've all had it. I mean, if, if you're dating anyone or married to anyone, like, you can't quantify all this stuff. Sometimes with a quarterback situation, like once upon a time, Belichick, he had no information. And I'm not saying Foles is going to go be Brady, but he's told Drew Bledsoe, no, no Moss, Drew. We're going with Drew. Or excuse me, we're, we're not going with you anymore. We're going with Tom. And it, it, the resume would have said, go back to Drew Bledsoe. But he didn't. And I, I think usually the best decisions in life are made with a gut instinct, are made with feel. People love quantifying everything today. Like, what does it say on the Excel spreadsheet? Sometimes you can't quantify things. You just know it. And, uh, and it's usually the right decision when you just follow your gut. Let's do something I, I did a couple weeks ago. And so a lot of people were hitting me to do something like Colin did with Colin's right, Colin's wrong. And I tried to do these hits and misses, and I didn't really like the way, like my hits and misses, the way that sound. So I thought, let's do takes, let's do buy and sell. Takes that I'm going to double down on and ones that I probably got to sell. So basically, if I was right, I'm buying. And if I was wrong, I'm selling. We talk a lot about the stock market here. I, I, thought, it, I thought it works. I thought it's kind of apropos here. And uh, is that the right word? That, that fits the show. So let's do something I got to sell. And I crushed this guy last year because I, I had heard just things that he wasn't going to be a good head coach from people that had worked with him. Then when he was in Tennessee as the offensive coordinator, the offense wasn't very good. They've obviously got a lot better with Arthur Smith. And then last year, I watched him, and I went, I don't really know what he's doing. The defense is making plays. Rodgers isn't playing that well. They are running the ball decently. 
but I just didn't see it with LaFleur. I'll be honest. After I bet on him on Sunday night and really locked into that team, and I, I've watched every snap Rodgers played this year, he's calling a fantastic season. He's he's awesome right now. He's really doing a good job. And like I talked about earlier with the personnel move of getting Jordan Love, I, I don't. Gudikins is in charge of the draft, but I, I got to give Lafleur credit. I, I got to sell my take that he's just some overmatched coach because so far, what through. You know, two years ahead coach in the regular season, he's won 16 games. Like, that's pretty damn good. And this year, it's definitely passing the eye test, unlike at times last year. Something I'm going to buy, and and sometimes I regret when I change my opinion on one game or two games or something just I see. And, and I, I got two of these, but I'm going to start with this one. And I, I've been saying it for years now, that Vance Joseph isn't a very good defensive coordinator. And that the Cardinals are just a flawed team. They do have a lot of talent. Kyler's a stud. He played a shitty game on Sunday against Detroit. Hopkins stud. Jones a stud. Buda Baker's a stud. Isaiah Simmons has a buddy text me uh, after week one. Says, God, I, I don't see it. But they, they do have some high-end talent. But their head coach has never won big. Their defensive coordinator, I, I, I still question. And I, I don't think they're just some lock to make it to the playoffs. They still got to play the Niners again, and they got four games remaining with Seattle and L.A. They do get Carolina this week, which, looking at the early lines, I kind of like them to beat Carolina. Though, Carolina was pretty frisky against the Chargers. I mean, won that game and kind of took it to them. Uh, I, I'm just pumped. Let's pump the brakes a little bit on the Cardinals. Like, they're not just some lock to beat any team. If you have a good quarterback and you can score, you can beat them. Uh, let's dive into something that I, I, I think I need to sell a little bit. You can't dispute this guy's talent and his physical attributes and the moments he's had in the league. But one thing that I think guys develop bad habits, and it's not all of his fault, and it's no one even fault. Like, listen, I, I'm biased. Howie hired me in the NFL. I, I know Doug. Uh, I, I know a lot of guys on their scouting staff. I, I, I root for the Eagles. I'm not going to root for them this week against the Niners, but overall I root for them to do well. And I root for the quarterback. But right now Carson Wentz is playing just terrible football. I, I mean awful football. Six interceptions through three games for a max quarterback and a guy of his talent, even though he's playing with random offensive linemen, is Goddard went down against the Bengals. Deshaun goes down all the time. You got Alshon hasn't even been around. Like it hasn't been easy, but you can't turn the ball over. And it's listen. I'll give you a one-off game. I'll give you the Redskins game, but you can't come back against the Rams and throw the red zone interception. Then once you have two games like that, you can't be throwing picks in the Bengal game. So right now, listen. I I'm not selling his career. But I do think this year is just kind of getting away from him. And listen, really good players can have just really terrible seasons. It's happened to Phillip Rivers a couple times. Like, you can just have an awful year for whatever reason. And it kind of feels like Wentz, not selling his career, I'm not even selling the player, selling this season on Carson Wentz. I do not like what I see. One thing I'm buying, and I'm doubling down on this one, is Anthony Lynn. And I let hard knocks because he's a good person. And I like good people. I try in my life 
to keep good people around me. I, I don't like low character guys. I, I don't like associating with people that don't have the same like personal values. Not political values, but personal values. The way you treat people, the way you act in front of other people, the way you treat people that can't help you out. Like I, I like being around good people. I was raised that way. I, I despise bad people in, in life. And it was clear hard knocks. Anthony Lynn is an A-plus human being. So I was like, you know, I kind of want to root for this guy. But I watched his team lay an absolute egg against the Chargers. And just, I, I mean, that was an Anthony Lynn game. He's just at best an average head coach. That's just, I, I don't even know how it's really arguable at this point. He's just not a dynamic head coach. Great guy. I, I'd want to be friends with him. I'd want to drink beers with him. I want to talk ball with him. I, I just wouldn't want him as my head coach. One thing I, I, I got to sell here is, yeah, I'm, I'm going to sell this because my take was I didn't think the Browns were going to make the playoffs. I, I just bet against the Cleveland Browns. They do something really, really well. They have an elite running attack. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, your backup running back. I, I think that's the best tandem in the league because Nick Chubb's a top five running back and Kareem Hunt's like a top 12 running back and would start on half the teams in the league. I mean, if Nick Chubb was in the right situation as a starter, he'd be like, or excuse me, Kareem Hunt, he'd be a pro bowler. Like, they got a chance to make the playoffs. Now, it's, teams are going to make Baker Mayfield beat them in these last couple weeks. Hand it off, hand it off, hand it off. Ride your horses. Stefanski knows how to hide a quarterback, and he's done a good job. But I, I think the Browns have a legitimate chance to compete for a wild card spot. They definitely have enough talent, and those running backs, you know, are, are really good. So I'm going to sell my opinion of just always talking shit about the Browns. I think they have a chance if they just stick to what they're good at, and that's running the football, and luckily they have a head coach that wants to run the football, I think they're going to be really competitive. One thing I'm going to buy, and I said at the moment it happened, and I don't regret saying any of it, He had the first game he had against Tampa Bay Buccaneers is his rookie debut. I was impressed, but since then, it's been a disaster. And the moment the Giants took Daniel Jones at six, I threw up in my mouth because Dave Gettleman had zero understanding of value. I don't believe for a second that Daniel Jones wouldn't have been there at pick 17. I think the information is in that people are like, well, the Redskins might have taken him at 50. No, they wouldn't have. The Redskins' owner made that pick, and his kid was friends with Dwayne Haskins, and they took Dwayne Haskins. He would have been there at 17. Now, we could argue, is he worth the 17th pick? I'd probably say no, but I had friends in the NFL that do the SEC that like Daniel Jones. So, guys I trust, guys that know what they're doing. And you can see Daniel Jones has some talent, but he's an awful football player. He's just not very good. You can't win games with Daniel Jones. He's definitely not talented enough to elevate the team around him. And he's on a bad team right now, and he's one of their worst players. And the Giants are an absolute train wreck. Uh, You know, Joe Judge is saying all the right things. He's talking about blue collar and all that crap, which, listen, I come from a long line of blue collar farmers. I I respect that term. Uh, I, I, I really do. But I think sometimes in football, you use that term when you're really terrible. It's like, man, no, no one really cares, you know? The, the fans don't care how hard you're working in practice, how much you're laying the foundation. We just we just judge you on Sundays. It's the thing with the NFL. You just get judged on Sundays. 
And Monday through Saturday, that, that work comes into play Sunday. And you're getting rolled. You just got beat by the 49ers that had 40% of their salary cap space either on injured reserve or on sweats on the sideline. They had a backup quarterback, Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins looks dramatically better than Daniel Jones. Dramatically better. Nick Mullins was an undrafted free agent. Daniel Jones was the sixth overall pick in the draft. And that's the thing with the draft. Once the draft ends, who cares where you were picked? Like, Nick Mullins is just going to be a more valuable player in the league than Daniel Jones moving forward. More teams would probably want Nick Mullins than Daniel Jones. So, I, I, I just think that the personnel mistakes, Dave Gettleman is not very good at his job. And I think it shows when you watch their team. I think Joe Judge being a young head coach, it's going to be very difficult. And I know he's got that old school mentality, and, and I respect it. I, I was raised that way. I still have a lot of those values in the way I live my life. I do think in 2020, like, you know, when Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay were hired, like, they didn't talk all that stuff. They just tried to out-scheme people, you know? It's like everyone, this is the NFL. Everyone works hard. I'm sure any, anyone listening, whatever your job you do, if it's a high-level job, like your competition, they work their ass off. I, I got news for you. Most human beings that are achievers get up early, work late. Welcome to America. It's capitalism. Like, you want something, you grind for it. That's the way the world works. So, like, I, I don't give you all this extra credit for working hard. We're all working hard. If you're listening to this, you're driving to work, you're doing something, you're probably working hard. I'm talking into a mic at 9 o'clock at night. Like, do I get extra credit just because I'm, like, staying up late to do my job? No. The only thing I'm going to get judged by is, is my podcast entertaining. Like, the only thing the Giants are getting judged by, and Daniel Jones, like, are you any good? Can you move the football? Can you make a fucking play? Because I'm watching the 49ers with Nick Mullins. The team is literally 30 minutes down the street from me. I know countless people in the organization. And half the guys they rolled out, I didn't know anything about. There's not a team in the league I know more about, and I didn't even know some of these players they were playing because they had so many injuries. They won the game 39-6. to Think about that. I mean, that's... Listen, I get Kyle's been, you know, this is his fourth year or whatever, but it shouldn't have been that ugly. I bet a lot of money on the Niners to cover the seven points or whatever, but I didn't expect a 30-point ass-whooping with the backups, but that's what it was. So, LaFleur, I'm trending to be wrong on that. Anthony Lynn, Daniel Jones, the Giants, and Vance Joseph, I, I, I feel pretty comfortable with that. The Browns, I think it's fair to say if you're a Browns fan, and I've said this the whole time, anything less than the playoffs with that much talent, especially on offense in an offensive league, is a disaster. Now, the division's tough. I know the Ravens laid an egg tonight, but they're obviously going to win a bunch of games. The Steelers are clearly back. But there's playoffs, you know, seven playoff spots. You know, you should be better than the Raiders. you better than the Colts. Like, the Browns should make the playoffs. Okay, let's bang out a couple quick questions. Middlecoff Mailbag, at John Middlecoff, is the Instagram. Fire in the DMs. Giants fan here. Would love to hear your thoughts on Daniel Jones' turnover shtick. Was quite disappointed when they selected him with the sixth pick. But I have to say, he definitely has some zip throwing the ball. I agree. I always told he had a bad arm, but watching him, his arm strength is not the problem. Do you agree with Colin that the Giants should tank for Trevor? I would say I will, 
offensive line isn't doing Saquon any justice. Who knows how many good years we have left from him. I might be crazy at this point. Maybe we should trade him, sit him uh, for season. Pains me to watch him behind those big boys. New fan. Love your content. Appreciate it, bro. Yeah, I would say if they get the number one pick, Daniel Jones is gone, right? The, the head coach didn't pick him. I would say it wouldn't be crazy either if Saquon, the problem is, are you going to trade Saquon off a torn ACL? His value would be low. Plus, he'd be going into what, his third year of his contract? Second, fourth year of his contract? What year was he drafted? 18? So, yeah, I don't. the Giants are in a terrible spot. Their, their offense, I mean, their roster sucks. Their offensive line stinks. Their quarterback is a major question, and we just, it's hard to even judge their coach. Uh, Saquon was drafted, so 18, 19. This was his third year. So next year will be his fourth year. You got to pick up his fifth year option this year. It's just a complicated situation, man. Uh, huge fan. Appreciate it. Huge Hawkeyes fan here. I'm curious what you think will have a, who you think will have a better career, Noah Fant or TJ Hawkinson in Detroit. Do you also buy the Patriots as Super Bowl contenders? Their defense looks elite, but I feel we are jumping on the Cam bandwagon too early. He's way too talented of a player. He's the only talented player on that offense. I would agree. Their defense is actually not even that talented. It's just Belichick and scheme them up. Their DBs are solid. But their pass rush, I mean, is not great. Linebackers are okay. It's more Belichick. I, I think when the dust settles, they win nine or ten games, and they win the wild card, or they win a wild card. Hawkeyes, the one knock I heard from my scouting buddies was Fant didn't have natural hands. And clearly their offense is just kind of in shambles, but he is a great athlete, and you get him in space, he can fly. Now, the Hawkinson guy is just a complete player. I would pick TJ. I think both those guys, I mean, one, TJ plays with Matt Stafford. He just plays with a good quarterback. Fant's, I mean, playing with Jeff Driscoll, you know, who knows? I mean, Drew Locke made it through a couple games and got injured. It's just tough. So I, I think you just have to bet on the guy that's playing with a better quarterback. I'm very impressed with Alden Smith. Is it realistic for him to reach 15 sacks or so this season? Also, would the Cowboys be better off and try to trade Tyron Smith for a linebacker or DB? Tyron is a Hall of Famer, but he is hurt a lot and could potentially bring in a solid player to help out a potential playoff run. Well, then who would play tackle? Uh, I guess you guys have been rotating in other guys when he's been banged up. I, I, I think the main problem is their, their offense is fine. I, I, I don't think his trade value would be that much given his contract and given, you know, who's trading linebackers and defensive backs right now. Alden Smith has four sacks through three games. Four sacks through three games. So I, I don't see why he wouldn't get to 15. You know, if he could get, if you average, I mean, if he, I mean, he's already well on pace. He gets a sack in this next game, he'd have five through four. So you do the math. I mean, he'd be on pace for 20 sacks. He's probably not going to get 20. But I'd say he's going to get between 13 and 15. I mean, the dude is just a freak. I've been to practices, seen him up close. Most NFL players just do not look like him. I mean, six foot five, six foot six. His arms hang to the ground. He's a fluid athlete. He hadn't played a game since 2015. I don't care who you are, let alone a guy over 30, to come back in the league and have three sack or four sacks through three games. That is an incredible story. 
Uh, Bears fan here. Your pod is great. Love the takes. Appreciate it. Scouting question. As a former scout and having experience in the front office, why do you feel it is so difficult for teams to play the draft safe? If I were GM, my whole philosophy would be have 10-plus picks every year and take guys from big schools that have high floors and early rounds. Ravens seem to do it every year. That way, they, you improve with more ammo to trade up for a quarterback if you need one in the future. I think it's easy to say that. And listen, it's it's easy for me to say that right now or you to tweet that. And then you get to the draft. And let's just say, for example, Alden Smith, when he came out of Missouri, he was a pretty raw product. But you go to his pro day or you see him in these games, you see the film, and then you get up and you meet him. And you're like, take a high floor guy. And then you meet Alden Smith and he's six foot five and a half. He's got the longest arms in the draft. He's a freak athlete. And you go, God, if we could hit on this player, he could be a Hall of Famer. Right? There are only so many like Vaughn Millers or Miles Garris. There can't misses. Most guys are somewhat of a projection. J.J. Watt was a projection. Aaron Donald's a projection. And you like, like I'm a, I'm a believer in the first round. Like I, I, I'm a ceiling guy. I like guys with higher ceiling. Now, that, that backfires. It does backfire. But when you also hit with high ceiling guys, you know, you get elite players. It's, it's how you get. Now, you can go low floor guys. You can go Mike McGlinchey's. And you'll be fine. You just you just take low floor guys. You'll be okay. You know, like I think the Chiefs did that with Clyde. Like he was not gonna suck. Is he ever gonna be like Saquon? You know, he's never probably gonna be the best running back in the league. He's never probably gonna be like a top two or three running back in the league. But it'll be like five to ten, especially in that offense. Like he's a really good player. And they just they just knew it. He, to me, he's a, it, it won't get talked about it, but he was a, he's a can't miss. He was going to be good for them. And some people like shooting for the stars, which I get. I, I'm probably somewhere in the middle. I, I think it's easy to have these cut-and-dry philosophies, and then you run into a player, you're like, oh, my God. What if, for example, the Niners, like Javon Kinlaw, like he was kind of a raw product. They could have taken guys with higher floors, and they're just like, could have just taken like CD Lamb. Instead, they're like, fuck it. Let's take this guy who's six foot five, 300 pounds, dominated Florida and Georgia, and let's just try to hit a home run. <laughs> and so far through the first couple games, you see him, you're like, oh, this guy's a freak. You got a ways to go. But the talent, the ceiling's there. Now, his floor's probably low. That's, that's the risky part about the first round. But I, I would agree once you get past like the second round, I would go high floor, guys. I think sometimes when you swing for the fences in like the third and fourth round with guys that have fallen is where you can get in trouble for sure. I'm a lifelong Falcons fan, and this season has been depressing to say the least. Which coach would you pick to replace Dan Quinn? Thanks. Keep up the great work. Well, I I can't even imagine being a Falcons fan. To lose those last two games, I I mean, I I haven't been like a true, true fan in like 15 years. Of, of a football team, I I, I can't even, I, I would just be inconsolable to watch a game on the couch, back-to-back weeks have that happen, and get your ass kicked week one, that this would have been, I mean, I don't think you could have a worse possible start. You got Ridley, you got Julio, you got Matt Ryan. To me, the way the league is, you've got to get an offensive coach. So whether that's whoever you think the best offensive coach is, Eric Bieniemy, whether that's, you know, Greg Roman, whether that's, I'm just thinking out, Josh McDaniels, you know, you just, uh, Byron Leftwich with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 
you need, whether it's a Shanahan McVay guy, whether you can get Lincoln Riley, you need to get an elite offensive coach. You just had a defensive coach who's not a good defensive coach. So I would just go offense. The last two coaches they've had have been defense, Mike Smith and Dan Quinn. I need offense. And I just, I'd interview and whoever the best offensive coach is, whoever I think is the next, you know, McVay, Kyle, that type guy, obviously. I mean, that's no shit, John. Yeah, sorry. That's kind of stupid. It just Even Kevin Stefanski, just a guy who I think is going to be a good offensive coach, is what I'm looking for. It's easier said than done, um, but that's that to me would be the goal if I'm the Falcons. Get a get an offensive coach who's a tough guy. So maybe that is Eric Bieniemy. Uh, I'd be shocked if he's not interviewed. Appreciate everyone listening. Have a great week. Hope you guys enjoyed the games the last couple days, and uh, see you a little bit later this week. Adios. Godspeed. See ya. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, That grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the active cash credit card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo active cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.